lift up your voices. Come on, somebody. There's a miracle in this room tonight, and it's got your name on it. Come on, there's a miracle in this room tonight, and it's got your name on it. we're young people just because this is youth service doesn't mean that we're laid back you know what this service is specifically for us come on this service is specifically for us that means God ordained it that there's miracles for each and every one of you that means there's a miracle for you Cedric that means there's a miracle for all of us here so I'm just wondering if we can praise him on credit for what he's gonna do for a second come on I'm wondering if you can open up your mouth God come on the Bible says let everything that has breath praise the Lord if you got breath in your body you ought to open up your mouth and say yes Lord you ought to open up your mouth and give God the glory hey come on somebody clap your hands come on Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Come on, come on, you service. Shout tonight. Shout tonight. Come on, shout until the chains break. Shout until the walls fall down. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody, open up your mouth. God gave you a mouth, not just to talk to your neighbor, but to praise the Lord. I didn't come to youth service to talk to Trevor. I didn't come to youth service. I came to give God glory. I came to give God glory. Woo. Yes. Yes, Lord. Somebody shout, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Somebody shout, yes, Lord. Somebody open your mouth and shout, yes, Lord. Open your mouth and shout, yes. Y'all about to make me lose my voice. But you know what? If it's for the glory of God, so be it. You know, we can take a few moments tonight and give God praise. Because you know what? We're here. We're in our right minds. God, I'm sorry. That's a cute praise and all. That's a cute praise and all. I know you look cute tonight, but guess what? I came to give God glory. I came to give God glory. I don't care about who's watching. This service is for me just as much as it is for you.
came to give my God glory. I came to give my God glory. That's why every time the church doors are open, I'm here, baby. I'm here because you know what? My God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's right. Brother Orrin, I just can't go through with the motions. Just because this is youth service, I can't go through with the motions. I can't put it on a little pedestal just because there's just young people around. My God, somebody, when are we going to stand up and say, you know what? I'll carry on the torch. I'll take the word with me. I'll do it. When are we going to say that? Come on. I'm sorry. My God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But listen. We're going to come in here in three weeks and shout our guts out. And it's because of impact. But you know what? I'm not going to shout my guts out there if I can't do it here. Because you know what? I'm just doing it for show at that point. If I can shout until my voice is gone in a youth service. That's right. If I can shout now. If I can shout now. Good. 
God, but I came to get a word from you. God, I came with some faith that you're able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. And Lord, we're asking that you move in this service. God, get a hold of some young people. God, get a hold of some young people. Yes. Come on, somebody, just clap your hands. Take him the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. That's right. That's right. I don't care if we got to keep going. I don't care until we pray something through tonight. Come on. Come on. You want that mantle. You want that mantle of anointing. You want the consuming fire. Come on. This isn't for a show. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands all across this house. Amen. Amen. You can make your way back to your seats. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, I don't want to miss out on any opportunity the Lord has to move in this house. Come on, somebody. I know it might be you, service. You might not think that it's serious, but you know what? It's serious. When we show up in the house of God, it's something serious. Come on, young people. When we show up in the house of God, it's something serious. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Amen. Amen. Y'all, let's just lift our hands right here. Come on. Let's lift our hands. I know this is different. I know we're not following protocol, but you know what? This is all right. Come on. Come on. Come on. We want everything God has for us in this house tonight. But you know what? I feel like we need to get some things right before we do. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. I'm not trying to lose any more ground the devil's trying to take. Come on. If he takes our prayer and pre-service prayer, it's going to bleed into our services. And then next thing you know, it's going to bleed into our regular Friday nights. Come on, somebody. Let's pray and get our spirits right right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we need you to move in this house. God, we need you to anoint our hearts, anoint our minds and what you're going to do in this house. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody shall you service. My God. Somebody shall you service. That was weak. Somebody shall you service. That's right. Welcome to you service. If there's anybody who's new, welcome. Y'all, I have the privilege and the honor to bring up the speaker tonight. And y'all, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. 
I have the privilege of bringing the speaker tonight. And how many of us love Brother Matthew Clark? Yes. Amen. Brother Matthew, you know, yesterday, Sister Clark, where's she at? Sister Clark came up to me. She's like, are you going to introduce Matthew? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, embarrass him. But to be honest with you, I don't know anything embarrassing about Brother Matthew. Uh, one thing I do know for certain without a shadow down my mind is he is a Christian and that he loves God. Amen. Amen. I love Brother Matthew. He carries himself in such an incredible way and he is in charge of our Bible studies for youth. Same with, yes, the Clarks are in charge of our Bible studies and we just love them so much. Amen. Amen. All the time they spent praying and fasting and getting ready. That was for you guys. And uh, we have the privilege and the honor to bring him up tonight. And I'm wondering if we can just lift our hands and open up our mouth and talk to the Lord as Brother Matthew comes. Come on, let's open up our mouth. Lord Jesus, God, prepare us tonight as Brother Matthew comes to deliver the word. Come on, just lift up your hands for a few moments in this house tonight. Come on, give it up to the Lord tonight. Give him all the glory, give him all the honor, give him all the praise tonight. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. You're so worthy, God. You're so worthy. Come on. Come on, God can do more than what I can do in 30 minutes of preaching. God can do more than what I can do in 10, 15 minutes of preaching. Hallelujah. Come on, young people. This isn't just a normal, ordinary youth service. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a sweet presence of God in this house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of you all are thankful to be here in the house tonight? Amen, amen. I give honor to my bishop, give honor to my first lady for, and my youth pastor and his wife for entrusting me and giving me the privilege and the honor of being able to speak to you tonight. I'm thankful also for my wife. She helped me um, inspire this, this word within my spirit um, just from going through ordinary day of life. And God just used her to speak to me and God used some personal things that I was dealing in my own life um, that led to the, the birthing of this message. So with a little bit of time that we have, I'll be, I'll be very conscientious of the time. Um, but without further ado, open up, the bio, open up your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And I'm going to try to go through this a little quicker, quickly. Verses 1 to 13, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took, the, took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a groom, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. Everyone say oil. For our lamps are gone out. Everyone say, our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, 
but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And another one more passage of scripture, the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places. Everyone say dry places. Seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house once I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Dry places. They're pretty dangerous thing, places to be in as a Christian. Somebody here is going through a dry place right now. I've been going through some dry places, and I'm just going to be transparent with you guys. I've been going through some dry places for months, coming to every service. These same pews that you guys are sitting in, worshiping in the same altars that you guys were lifting up your hands and up to God. Preaching with the preacher, pushing, pressing, fasting, begging, pleading with God. Someone's going through some dry places. So with the hope of the Holy Ghost tonight, I would like to preach on this subject from Luke 11, 24 to 26. The dangers of becoming dry. Why don't we all lift up our hands for a few moments. God, we ask you for your strength and your anointing in his house. God, fill our lamps with oil tonight. God, we don't want to be dry in this house. God, it's a dangerous place. God, we don't want to keep coming to every service with a dry spirit, God. But Lord, we ask that you please permeate and saturate our hearts, God. Let your glory, let your presence saturate this atmosphere in this house tonight, God. Hallelujah, anoint my lips of clay tonight. And all God's people say amen. The word oil, as mentioned in our opening text, from the, comes from the Greek word elayon, which means olive oil. In the New Testament, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. And in the New Testament, oil was used for anointing people, places, and things. Oil was used to consecrate and sanctify things so that they were set apart for God's use. Every piece of furniture... And the tabernacle and all its vessels were anointed with oil that they may all be most holy. If you can read for me Exodus chapter 30, verses 22, 25 to 31. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil, and thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all his vessels. And the candlestick and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels, and the laver and his foot. 
and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Everyone say, holy anointing oil. <laughs> One of the ceremonial objects in the tabernacle that required oil was the golden candlesticks. The priest would tend to the lamps twice a day, once in the evening and once in the morning. They would dress the lamps by making sure the wicks, everyone say the wicks, were trimmed. And by making sure the lamps are always full of oil. The candlesticks were the only source of light within inside the tabernacle. The word dresseth, as mentioned in Exodus 30, verse 7 and 8, read for me. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. And one more verse of scripture, Leviticus chapter 24, verses 1 to 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto the unto thee pure oil, olive beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually, without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statute forever in, in your generations. He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. The word dresseth comes from the Hebrew word yatav, which means to trim or to make well. The reason for this was so that the light from the lamp would burn more clean and bright. The lamp would also burn more evenly and longer, whereas an untrimmed wick would burn unevenly, dim, and smoky. This was a responsibility of what was called in the, in the ancient times uh, lamp trimmers, which had the responsibility of maintaining oil lamps on ships whenever they needed to navigate the waters. Lighthouse keepers were men that had the responsibility of trimming the wicks, replenishing fuel, wind the clockworks, and perform maintenance tasks such as cleaning lenses and windows. They were also responsible for the fog signal and weather station and played a major role in search and rescue. The lighthouse was always placed in a position that it could withstand storms of any kind. It symbolized strength and safety. Without the lamp trimmers performing their duties while on board, they would have caused a wreck. Without the lighthouse keepers tending to the tower, they would cause ships to wreck. They would cause people to get caught in bad weather, and souls ultimately would perish beneath the ocean's depths. With Christians, without Christians making daily trips to the altar and consistent maintenance of the wicks and oils, lost souls will not be able to see the God within you. There is an importance and a mandate from God on every Christian that you need to tend to your oil lamps. You have to make sure that your oil is always full. And you have to make sure that your wicks are always trimmed. Because if your, your wicks are not trimmed, you will burn unevenly. You will burn, you'll burn out too quick. Your oil will run out quicker than what you realize. There's an importance. There's an, I'm going to be vulnerable. There's, there's an importance of being, of being filled with the oil. I don't think you guys understand. There is an importance of the oil. Everyone say oil. 
an apostolic Pentecostal believer who hasn't trimmed their wicks in a while will grow dim and sooty. And eventually, if no maintenance is done, you'll run out of oil and no one will be able to see the God inside of you. You'll become dry. You'll burn unevenly. And the carnal nature of man will begin to grow like a sickness and burn out all the oil too fast until there is none oil left. And you'll begin to glow like the world. You'll, you'll, be, you'll begin to glow dark and gloomy and darkness will be over you. And the work of repentance is that trimming of the wick. It is you cutting off the old man by the circumcision made without hands. Read for me. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 8. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil con oh, concupiscence, I'm sorry, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blaspheme, filthy communications out of your mouth. We are to mortify the members of our flesh. Signs of being dry, and I'm going to be quick here. One of the, one of the th signs of being a dry Christian is lack of prayer. James chapter 5, verse 14 to 16 says, and I'll read it. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let, him, let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the prayer, everyone say the prayer of faith. Shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The second sign of being dry is a lack of Bible reading. Read for me 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Without a, a consistent daily reading of the word, without the milk of the word, you'll become dry. You'll start to be thirsty for something, hungry for something. And the only thing that you can do with an empty stomach is try to fill it with what you want to fill it with. What you choose to, to, to appease your appetite. So we have to consume ourselves with prayer and the Bible reading. Number three is separation from the body. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Read for me. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition in which he received us, of us. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 to 18, read for me. I have, there, I have therefore whereof, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by the word and deed. Oh, Romans chapter 16. <laughs> what verse? 17 and 18. I need that, guys. I'm just, you know. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. 
For they are such, serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. When you hang out around people that are already dry, all they will do is just transfer that spirit of dryness onto your life. That's why you have to mark them. You have to, hey, I'm sorry, I can't hang out around you. I can't have that dryness in my spirit. Because that dryness is not just going to affect you. It's going to affect everyone that you encounter with. Amen? Number four is the, is the loss of desire. And I'll read this, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish... Because they receive not the love of the truth that they, may, that, they may, that they might be saved. Number five is unbelief. Hebrews chapter 3 or chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to become short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For which do enter into rest, as he said, I as, as I have sworn of my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Chapter 3, verse 19 says, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after that same example of unbelief. One of the common things when, when you become a dry Christian is you start and you, you come to every service, you're at the altars, you're worshiping, you're giving God your best, service after service, month after month, week after week, day after day, and nothing happens. You come to every service, okay God, that was just, that was last week, I'm ready for, the, I'm ready for what you're going to do for me this week. Nothing happens. And this, 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 this cycle continues and continues and continues. And it's because of the unbelief within your spirit. You can start to get to this state of, well, God, I just don't believe that you're going to pour out and you're going to do a work in my life anymore. I don't have to keep, I'm not going to keep wasting my time at the altar if you're not going to pour out your spirit in my life anymore. I shouldn't have to beg and beg for months, for years, however long it takes. The dangers of becoming dry, lack of prayer, reading, separation, desire, and unbelief. In our opening text, we can see how that the oil mentioned was a vital part of what the bridegroom wanted to see when he came back for his bride, which was the church. Five virgins were wise in that they not only filled their lamps with oil, but scripture mentions that they took extra oil in their vessels. However, the five, the other five that were foolish, were foolish in that they thought that the oil that was already in their lamps was enough. Then the time came that the bridegroom was here to see his bride. The five wise virgins were able to enter in with him to the marriage, but the, the five foolish virgins were too late. And were unrecognizable to the bridegroom. I never knew you. The text indicates that there was a wedding getting ready to happen between the bridegroom and the virgins. But prior to a marriage, there was a relationship. There was a communion that takes place. There was a daily, a day-to-day -day basis of spending time with the bridegroom prior to any kind of marriage. Any marriage that has no communication 
any relationship that has no communication and no relationship will eventually perish. The bridegroom, the bridegroom is God and the ten virgins are the body of Christ. The passage indicates an importance to have, to maintain, and to keep the oil in your life and to have a readiness for the coming of the bridegroom. Those that don't maintain themselves by staying full of the oil with their wicks trimmed are left behind and are reserved for judgment and separation from the creator. Read for me of Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 to 15. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. When you stand before God on judgment day, the one thing that he's going to bring up is this very word, this very book that we're talking about today. If you're not full of this oil, if you're not spending your time reading this word, you want to get full of the oil, you have to spend time reading this word. You got to spend time in prayer. You got to spend time with fasting, telling your flesh no. When you're trimming your wick, it's trimming the, the carnality out from, without your, out from within your spirit. You can't please God and mammon. You can't serve one and try to serve the other. It's either one or the other, amen? A Christian that becomes dry is a person that is not ready to maintain or keeping the oil in their life. Some dry seasons, and God was speaking to me, and I was, I was talking to my wife about this. But some dry seasons are sent from God. And some, and some dry seasons are from your own doing. The difference between the two, the dry seasons that are from God, are there to test you to see how will you respond when it feels like I'm not answering your prayer. When it feels like nothing is happening, no matter how many times you get to this altar, you cry, you scream, you, whatever you got to do to get the attention of God, it just feels like he's not answering. And in those seasons, and I've been in those seasons, and it doesn't feel good to have to come to church. I've grown up in church my whole life. And I remember I went through a season, and I was talking to Brother Sferlaza about it. This was, like, I, forget, I forget, maybe last year when I went through that particular season. And it didn't feel too good. The other, the other reason why dry seasons come in our lives is because of what we do. Because of our own doing. We get to this state where we're doing so much. We're giving so much to other people. We're involving ourselves with other things. We're getting caught up with work. We're getting caught up with the daily chores of our, whatever we got to do at home, our person, whatever's in your personal life. We get so caught up and carried away and we get so tired. We get so, we get so distraught. We get so, we get so stressed out that we start taking out that stress on other people. And what begins to happen is we start, we start the, big, the biggest thing when you get dry 
is you'll start to complain. Every, I, just, I just don't have time to do that anymore. I'm so tired. I need to sleep. I need to, I need to, go, I need to go sleep and then I'll come back and I'll do that. When the reality is, and I, and I have done this, okay, I am not preaching something to you guys that I have not had to go through myself. We want to we we sleep so much, and sleep is good. Sleep feels good to be able to rest, to be able to recuperate. But afterwards, you just wake up, you're like, you, you, you're just like, I, I, just, I did not get enough. I wish I was still sleeping. I wish I did not have to go here. I wish I didn't have to go there. When the whole fact of the matter is, is you actually need spiritual rest. When you get that spiritual rest, you'll feel good about yourself. Amen? When you get that spiritual rest, when you make the trip to the altar and you break through, you pray through. It's not just a one-time thing, but it is a re-continuing thing. You have, to, you have to make sure you stay full of the oil. I work at a pest control company, and I service the lawns, and I spray lawns, and I take care of them. I get rid of the bugs. I get rid of the weeds. I make sure that they're green, make sure people are happy. And sometimes what happens in the, throughout the years, we get dry seasons. We get drought periods where things start to dry up. There's not much moisture in the ground from the rain. And one of the common issues that I run it with with people with their lawns they come they come yelling at call me yelling at me calling my boss and my boss is like hey what's going on what are you doing why are you not doing your job and the issue is not because of me but it's because their yard is not getting water their yard's not getting wet enough I stick my moisture meter in the ground I take some readings it's dry, dry as can be. And what happens when a yard is dry and it's a yard that requires fertilizer, what happens is although fertilizer can be used for good purposes such as promoting growth and root development, if granular fertilizer is not wet and does not get wet in time, what's happening is that it will cause the grass to burn. And it'll stress out the grass. Although it does a good, it serves a good purpose. Weed control, if I have to get rid of weeds and it's on a dry yard, I cannot put it down. Because although I'm doing a good thing, it'll do more harm than the good because the soil is too dry. And I can end up damaging a yard and having to replace the whole thing and resod it and all if I don't obey those guidelines of how to service and protect a yard. And sometimes we can get to the point <clears throat> where the preaching, the word of God comes forth. And, God, and, the, mess, and the message is hard. The preacher's preaching. The, the preacher's trying to reach for every lost soul. And sometimes the word of God can be so hard and, or can be a little too much for you. Because when you're dry, all it will do is it will burn you out. Because you... They didn't do the due diligence to make sure that your soil was wet. Not just moist, because what the foolish virgins did, they were comfortable with the oil they had. The, the, they were comfortable with enough. 
They were comfortable with, okay, I got a little touch from God. I'm good. I can sit back down now. I don't have to participate. Instead, we have to be like the virgins who were wise, who not only were comfortable with the enough, but they were like, you know what? I'm not satisfied with this enough of the oil. I want to take extra oil because it came to pass when they, when they slumbered and the bridegroom was ready to come that the wise virgins, it says that their, all, their, all their lamps were running low. And the wise virgins, they went and they tended to their lamps. They, all of them attended to their lamps. They trimmed the wick. They did, they, they did the part. They went through the motion. They did everything they could. The difference was the wise virgins had oil. The foolish did not have oil. And it came to pass, they, they went up to the wise virgins, hey, can you, get, can you spare us some oil? We, we want to see the bridegroom too. Can you spare us some oil? And the wise virgins were like, no, go buy and go get your oil. And then come back. And it said that the bridegroom came, doors were open, the feast was ready, the tables were prepared, the plates were all over or on the table, everything was to the T, everything was nice, it was prepared for all ten virgins, but only five were ready for it. And it says that the door, the five wise virgins went in and the door was locked. And it says that the foolish virgins, they came running. Hey, Lord, Lord, can you, can you hear me? It's, it's Matthew. Oh, hey, it's, it's Trevor. It's not, it's not, hey, Lord, I need you, can, can you hear me? And we find that the bridegroom opens up and he hears and he looks out. And the bridegroom tells him, I never knew you. Jesus is talking to the disciples because the disciples asked a question. What shall the signs of the coming be? Like what are the signs of the end? What Can you tell us when you're coming? And Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour. But verse 13, the conclusion of the ten virgins was watch therefore, for you know not the hour and time when I'm going to come. And it stresses the importance of being ready. It stresses the importance of making sure that you keep your oil full. Not just enough. God ain't looking for young people or adults that are just comfortable with enough. Because what will happen is you'll eventually dry out, just like a car. You go to the gas station, you fill up. We come to the altar, we fill up on that oil. You go to the gas station, you fill up on the, on the gas. You have full, you have three-quarter tank, you have half, you have quarter, and then you have E, which is empty. And that car will only take you as far as, 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 as however much fuel is in that car. You will only go that far. And that fuel will only last you so long to where you have to take another visit to the gas station, and you have to pay for it. It's not, this, you just getting filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't just, it's not just, although it's, it's a gift, it's freely given, you have to put some effort into it. You can't just expect other people to get the Holy Ghost for you. You can't just expect to get one touch from God and expect that to carry you over for the next year or five months. 
you only have so much oil within your, within your lamp. And if you don't tend to it, you'll run out and you'll run low. And then you won't be able to function properly. If a car don't have gas, you're going to be pushing for quite some time. You have to make sure you take the time and the effort of, go of going to the altar or to the gas station and filling up on that oil. Matthew chapter 24, further down, down, down into the chapter, Jesus talks about to the people how that the last days are going to be like the days of Noah. They were all doing their thing. They were doing their part. They heard Noah preach hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of services. Messages, hey, you got to get on this ark. Are you ready? Are you ready to come back to the, onto this ark? There's, we only got so much time. And it was about 100 years Noah was preaching this word to them. Hey, you got to be ready. You got to make sure you're ready. You got to make sure you do, you got to make sure you do what you have to do. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm God is using me to provide you the means of how you can be saved. And if we don't take that time to listen to the man of God. I may not be the, the fanciest preacher. I may not be a man that has, that's fancy with his words. If this is not for you, I'm praying for you. And I pray that one day, maybe for you young, younger kids, when you get older, you'll find that place. Spirits are searching for dry places. They're looking for people who are dry. Looking for people that haven't prayed through in quite some time. John chapter 15, first seven verses open up. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear, bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is what? Withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? 
Didn't I get one, didn't I get one touch from you just the other day? Didn't I attend all those services? I never knew you. A dry people is a dead people. A dry church is a dead church. Why don't we all stand for a few moments? Young people, it's not worth, it's not worth coming with the attitude, oh, I have enough. I don't want to go any further. That's for all the spiritual folk. The woman with the issue of blood, she had that, that faith. If I may but touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be made whole. A touch is good. A touch can do something. But to grab, to grab his garment, to, to grab a hold of it, to hug him, to wrap your arms around him, that's what makes the difference. God is not looking for dry people. He's looking for people that want to get soaked, that want to get saturated with the presence of God. This may not be for some people here tonight, but I know there's some people in this room that have been going through some dry seasons, and it doesn't feel too good. You feel like you're getting, you're getting scorched. You feel like you, every, 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 every inch that you gain, you're always taking back two steps. I'm not satisfied with enough. I'm not satisfied with just a little touch. I'm not satisfied with just a little bit of oil. I'm not satisfied with a quarter tank. Come on, young people. This is your moment. This is your season of plentifulness. Do you want to be like the tree that was planted by the rivers of living water? Or do you want to be a withered tree? Do you want to be a tree that where God comes in every service and he has shears in his hands? And because you're too withered, because you're too dry, because you carry diseases, he's gotta, he has to trim you. He has to cut you because you're too dangerous. You're too dry. You're not bearing enough fruit. Come on, young people, that's it. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. If you've been dry, this, this message was for you.
till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me up till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Fill me up till I Jesus. Come on, reach out to him right now. We all understand what time we're in right now. It's not worth it. It's not worth the things that's going on in our life to get us away from God right now. It's not worth with the times that we're in. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands to him. I know you might be young. I know you might feel like, you know what, I have my whole life to live. But you were not promised tomorrow. And we're not here to scare you. But it's time for us right now to reach out to God. It's time for you to not miss your moment right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're blessed that you're even here right now. You're blessed that you know who Jesus is. I don't want to be half-filled, God. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Jesus. God, I don't want to just be here. Come on, somebody, you just need to say, God, fill me. God, fill me. 